Welcome, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends where you found it, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, longhornrepublicpod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who knows not to tweet before you have all the facts. Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? <laughs> I've been burned before. Uh, premature uh, a tweet. You later. A premature tweeter. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not the best look. It's always best to have the facts. Um, look, the game was ugly enough, right? Like, the game that was played was ugly from a Texas perspective, how it ended. It's just, it's it's this type of stuff, the post-game, the, the, the fans, the apparently jumping some Texas fan outside of KFC, the um, vitriol, the hatred, the vile, the, like, it's just... Tech is like that that kid on the playground who like none of the other kids want to play with because he just you know he's, he's won't stop he's too energetic like he can't control his emotions like he there's no modulation in the tech fan base like sometimes you, you just gotta you gotta step back a little you gotta relax you gotta breathe if you win enjoy it like just be happy don't be miserable all the time I mean I think that's the thing there's there's a lot of rivals a lot of fans who do hate Texas whatever but. They, Man, tech is just uniquely, uh, just full of just all the bad stuff, man. And, and I don't know. I like. I, I have a couple exceptions to that rule, like any fan base. But man, by and large, just not a pleasant people. It, there's this old. There, well, I there's a quote. I don't know who attributed it, but I first heard it as a kid uh, in the first Men in Black movie imparted to us by uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and it kind of it feels like my feelings about tech fan, like the tech fan base in general. Because you and I know some really solid people that are tech fans. Albie Shore, one of our favorites, comes on this podcast every year, and helps us preview Texas Tech. There are a lot of good tech fans, like on an individual basis, but and it's it's the fanatic thing in and of itself. It's like why college. College, you know why college sports are fun because you get a bunch of like-minded people together around and they're going to get drunk and scream for three hours but it's like you 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 get enough of of that energy in one room and that's any fan base right um and things are going to go insane but i think for the it was the misplaced whataboutism without any critical thinking that really frustrated me in this whole process and there's a long conversation to be had about rushing the field and whether or not you should be able to rush the field little we'll talk i'll talk about it more and bang the drum at the end of the show but like it always seems like something stupid happens um in these types of games when when texas and texas tech get together more so than any other group two groups of teams uh it's stupid both on the playing surface and off of the playing surface uh and that's really where we are uh, today. So if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know this, uh, hi, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Uh, Texas in overtime loses to Texas Tech 37 to 34. Kyle, depending on who you go to for your advanced stats, Bill Connolly is probably the most popular advanced stats guy. Texas had a 98% post-game win expectancy, which, which is a really big number. It's one of the all-time highs in, in Bill Connolly's uh, SP Plus ratings. And so um, it's not a, not a great look. And we'll talk about the fourth downs in just a little bit, but 
it was just a game where Texas Tech, we talked about it on the post-game podcast, uh, ran their game to perfection, and Texas could not execute on it. Part of it probably has to do with being on the road. And we have to give kudos to Texas Tech. They came out and played the game they wanted to play, forced Texas to um, play play a different game probably than, than you, they would have preferred in that situation. And ultimately, Joey McGuire and, and the Red Raiders came out on top. Before we say anything, hats off and credit to Coach McGuire. Right? It is a big step to go from high school to college and there was a point when he kept going forward on fourth I was like "Ooh, this might come back to bite him you know this this uh he doesn't realize there are you know you do have to give some things up at this at this level it, you do have to just you know fold them sometimes you you, you do have to, to to have a little bit more um respect for the, the overall game right it it didn't come back to bite him he he called this one like a high school football coach who wants to win a game. He went for it every time, right? Texas, you know, <laughs> made that work for him. Um, you know, it, it dialed in, had a had a vision for how he was going to attack. Looked at film, right? Like, it, you look at how Texas has opened the, the last three weeks and teams are getting double-digit drives, right? Alabama did it for a field goal. Uh, UTSA had the 20-play drive. Then you have Texas Tech uh, with the 18-play drive, right? He, he, he knew, you know, get on them early right start start to drain those players early on took the frank harris playbook of of what utsa did what in the fourth quarter you saw bill o'brien and and bryce young do right spread texas out uh four to five wide bring little you know short slants across the middle uh against texas will drop to weak kind of sit back zone and they just nickeled and dime i mean there was a lot of things that clearly he studied had a game plan had a vision and with his backup quarterback, uh, went out and just executed it. Took the risk, took the chances, and it paid off, right? They had to use everything they had, and they did, and they got it. And so, you know, you could say, oh, Texas lost this one. They beat themselves. But truly, give Tech credit. They won it. They went out and won it. They made winning plays. They looked like they wanted it. They looked like they were, I said this on the uh, immediate reaction uh, live stream, that there was a point when Texas was playing not to lose and looked like it looked like they were they were you know clamming up and Texas Tech was absolutely going out and playing to win. So credit to them uh, for doing that. I mean, you knew to the fans this was the one that mattered. I don't think it'll happen. But McGuire could lose out and he's still going to be okay this year, right? Like he got his signature win. It's the big one. It's the one Tech fans care about. The narrative of this being the last time Texas goes there, like this will mean a lot for that entire program. Um, it allows them to further foment just kind of that hatred that they have for Texas. So good on you knowing your people, Joey McGuire, and, and going out and, and putting everything on the line for this one, right? You hadn't seen this against other teams, but he, he tried it, rolled the dice. You know, you mentioned the the gambling and rolling the dice on fourth downs. That's part of what happened a week ago against NC State. You know, they were one of one for four on fourth downs. So you know, last week when he when he rolled the dice and it came up snake eyes, this week you rolled craps, right? And that's kind of what happened in this game. And we have to talk about the difference in the number of plays run. Like and, and it's we knew Texas Tech was going to nickel and dime you to death. Like going into this game, you knew that there was a big disparity in the number of plays that they ran. But I think the crazy thing for me is the fact that it was actually like relatively even coming out of halftime, right? Like Texas and Texas Tech at halftime were at, within like three plays of each other. Yeah, it was it was forty to thirty three. So like not a massive chasm, a three minute difference in time of possession. The third quarter, they straight up doubled up Texas on the number of plays, thirty to fifteen. 
right? Fourth quarter, similar situation, eleven to twenty-six. And so it it was the uh, it was the slow roast. The the you put you put the pot roast in the crock pot early on, and and it just starts to break down. And when you're on the field for that many plays and a half, right? When you're on the field for fifty-six plays and a half. You're going to have defensive breakdowns. You're going to have defensive struggles. And there's this is a conversation about playing complementary football, right? Because you knew this is what Texas Tech was going to do. They were going to try to extend drives. They were going to try to just wear down your defense and, and break you down mentally and physically. And when the defense came up with stops, there were two occasions where the defense came up with stops, and the offense rewarded them with an eight yard drive and a negative one yard drive and gave the ball right back to Texas Tech. And so there's this there's this dichotomy of like, should the offense have to score 40, 45 points to win every game? No, right? But there are going to be situations in which you do need to score 40, 40, 45 points to win a game. And Texas Tech is probably one of them because they're just going to steal literally 40 extra plays from you like that's just what's going to happen yeah and, and that's why the uh, you know the models the statistical models are are broken on this right it's it's uh you shouldn't go for it and fourth down and get it they weren't especially like you know hyper efficient they got to a lot of third downs they got to a lot of fourth downs um you know they they had third and longs fourth and a lot still to go and converted those they had uh you know Texas was a much more efficient offense when you think of it that way, right? And the models look at efficiency, right? Texas did more with less, which in most games, you know, is is fine. It's good, right? You're, you're, you don't take as many plays to get to the number of yards. You just assume you get the ball back at some point. Again, going forward on those fourth downs and in key points that really extended drives into these monster long drives, like Gerald said, um, that, you know, that breaks the models. That's what makes it look so so weird. That's why you walk away after you watch that game just feeling so sick to your stomach um, because it just feels like, you know, literally 100 plays on the defense, 100 paper cuts. It was a slow death, uh, not a, oh, man, one big play if we could have cut it back. I guess you could call any of the fourth down conversions one big play. and, and or, or the third longs with the offsides calls. Right, yeah, or or the pass interference on third and 26. Right? There's, there's tons, right, uh, of those. Um, but, you know, it's all in all, again, it's 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 a weird game. It is it is the, the that that 98% win expectancy, that 2% uh, win expectancy for for tech is you know by far the lowest so far of the the short season through four games um but that doesn't make anyone feel better right it, i hate having ah uh, you know we've had the most one score losses or ah uh, we had leads and so we know we can like i truly hate i i would much rather win ugly right like we've said that like i i would much rather win ugly i'd much rather have stats not say that we're a good team and, and instead have a bunch of wins, right? So there is a point when you have to start converting that. You have to start turning that into progress. You know, you have to start turning that into walking off the field, banged up, uh, you know, ugly, snuck one out. And they tried. Honestly, if Texas, after they got that last uh, field goal descended to overtime, if they would have stole one after the way they played in the second half, their Texas was the better team for the majority of, of the game. They had the lead most of the game, right? Uh, the, in the second half, they certainly weren't. That would have been a little bit of smash and grab, but I would have taken it, right? I would have taken it uh, against the run of play if we just got a crazy drive to get the field goal and then did something in overtime. I, I would certainly have taken that. But, um, you know, it, it, it isn't a game of what ifs and, and moral victories, uh, you know, against Alabama still count as losses. And, you know, we got to start getting wins some way or another. 
So let's dive into the specifics a little bit because, like you said, you know, for from in the broad strokes, a lot of what Texas did was winning football. Now there are uh, things that you can you can nits that you can pick and, and things you can look below the surface. But if you had told me that Hudson Card goes tw- twenty of thirty for two seventy seven, two touchdowns and a pick, I think Texas wins this game, right? If you tell me Bijan Robinson goes sixteen for one hundred one and two scores, I think Texas wins this game. But when you look at what Texas did or did not do, like it's it's the little things. Texas was zero and three. On third and shorts, when you got Bijan Robinson, when the distance to go was less than two yards on a run play, Texas was one of four, right? Like outside of Bijan's big runs, and there was, you know, the 22 yard scramble by uh, Hudson Card, Texas was like 2.3 yards per play or yards per carry, right? So it, they relied on chunk plays, and relying on explosiveness is not the way to get it done. And that's what Texas seemed to do in this game. Texas was not really able to win on the down to down basis on either side of the ball. There were critical misses. There were um, Texas b- mind boggling choice not to review a couple of spots early on. Uh, Texas is mind boggling uh, choice not to review a catch late in the game. Like there, there are those little things where Texas on a down to down basis did not seem to do the little things right. And this is not, we're not going to, we're not the people that are putting out the referendum on, on Steve Sarkeesian. That's not us. But so at some point, like the head man has to take responsibility for those things. Yeah. Right. You can, you can hope the referees look at that, but uh, yeah, yeah, you have to step up and, and, and do that. I, I think, you know, when you think about the offense and what, what they were able to do, um, you saw Card with a big scramble, you know, that, that worked. You you saw Card with um, the big throw put right in the right spot. Tariq Milton went up and got it to, to that, you know, you have 21 seconds. No one thinks you can actually get the drive down there to get in field goal range. They did it, right? Put the next throw to uh, to the tight end to Sanders on the money to get eight yards to get it right there to a, to a you know, long but makeable field goal like those were winning plays the card made you know the the they schemed open the two touchdown throws to to worthy wide open uh and and keelan wide open right both of his his big throws in that way were were wide open but you know like if, if card is your quarterback and that's who you're putting out there you have to trust him a little bit like there was something to be said about the fact that donovan smith is the backup again probably a player that they like long-term with most upside on that tech roster. But nonetheless, their offensive coordinator drew up a plan and, and did, you know, what they wanted to do and trusted him a bit to do it. Right. And, and a young guy to, to to do that. And he executed, you know, it, it didn't feel like there was a lot of trust all the time in card, which is why, you know, we, we ran a wildcat at times, why we, we kind of just tried to just, hit it up the gut and see what happens um i mean Bijan was averaging uh just under five uh yak yards yards after contact per attempt right like that's um really hard to do um unless you are getting guys hitting you at the point of contact which which is tough right it's um sark seemed to in his presser say that he thought the line was good save a few occasions they blew it up I, I will say they put 11 in the box when we ran the wildcat I mean the corner who's covering card was was coming in to make tackles like um I, I, that's that's hard those numbers are hard to win that mat that that matchup it also felt like a lot of times even direct actual handoffs to Roshan or to Bijan um up the middle were we never had that that clean push. I did watch some of the the OUK State game after, and I texted Gerald like, "Man, it just feels like their running backs have four yards before they decide what to do." Right? Bijan decides what to do and then tries to get four yards. Right? Like, you know what I mean? He's he's it's it's the inverse. He's he's making 
plays to get that little bit that it seems like almost every other team in, in the country has. And that's that's a scheme thing, right? Teams are saying, we're just going to take Bijan away. He's their their absolute most dangerous weapon, especially when Worthy goes down. And I, I just think you have to, if Card is your quarterback, and we'll, we'll see what happens this week if, if viewers can be back, but if Card is your quarterback, you have to trust him a little bit. I know he hasn't been great at the deep ball. We talked about it. In the preseason, in each game recap, like it, it, we know what it is, but like I, I just feel like you still have to try something, right? You have to figure out what works to his strengths. Maybe it's not the deep ball. Maybe it's just the medium ball. But like you have to, you have to get it out a little bit more. Um, and and again, Bijan had two targets on the first drive. One of them should have gone to Gunnerhelm for a touchdown. That's okay. We won't talk about that one. Caught the first one for twenty-two yards. Never got another target in the passing game. I thought when they're when they're bottling him up. That was where I expected the adjustment to come was to get Bijan involved in other ways in the game. So again, I'm not second guessing the coach. I'm not saying I know more. Just when you look at it holistically and look back, hindsight's 2020. You feel like these these should be easy things to to tweak a bit. Yeah, you know we we can talk about the wildcat and the choice that Steve Sarkeesian made to continue to go back to that. And I think it's wild to me that in this, in this row cat form that Texas is running, that they haven't let the guy pass the ball once. Like that's why everybody is crashing in is because Texas hasn't given them anything to think about. They know it's going to be the read play. They know it's going to be a direct snap and he's going to try to get three yards. And really in my mind, like that fourth down play call to go with the wildcat and to uh, just run into the teeth of the defense when you knew that, Texas Tech had the Wildcat kind of sniffed out and done for the day in a crucial down. Like, that's really, to me, where the game turned. Where if Texas kind of can, if Texas can convert on that, put seven on the board, heck, even put three on the board, that puts Texas Tech in a pretty big hole, and they're not able to be the Texas Tech that we saw later in the game. So that, to me, is a massive, massive question. And you mentioned uh, Hudson Card and, and missing Gunnar Helm. There were several times where, like, uh, even on the Whittington play, where Gunnar Helm, there wasn't a defender within five yards of him. Uh, but based on the... And part of that is based on the play call, right? When you run the sprint out to the right, you're not really ever going to look backward. At least mo- The average quarterback's not going to look back for that guy on a sprint out, right? You're going to lock in on your one and two and see what happens. And so that's what he did. He locked in on his one, threw it to Whittington. Whittington probably made the catch. Maybe we'll talk. It's not a conversation for today. But those are those little things, those little breaks in the game that make these things go the other way. That whether it's a play call or whether it's in the combination of the play call and execution on that sprint out, like that to me is are the little things in the game, the little breaks, the inches. The reason why you mentioned it, this offensive performance baffled the 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 advanced statistical models because it doesn't really make sense when you look at it from a macro level. When you dive in and look at it from the micro level, it all seems to come into focus. Yeah, out of cards, twenty completions. I, I would I, I did not review this specifically, but certainly in the first half, like his first ten, all were first read. Right, it was schemed open. It was first read guys. He does have a tendency to lock in a bit in the second half. I thought he withstanding the play Gerald just described did a little bit better job of that but I still I wonder if out of the 20 if it's somewhere around 14 uh, of his completions are first read you know if it's there he he made the throws he did the things right if it's wide open he's he's doing it right um most of the time but uh yeah I mean it, that that is tough I he threw the interception right we we, we hadn't we talked about we hadn't had uh, a turnover since the first drive of the season when Quinn threw it, and that's great and you win a lot of football games when you do that um can paper over a lot of things. So I actually was worried that was going to be a turning point. Oh, no. Um, 
immediately I thought the team was a bit galvanized. The way that you saw after Overshone's ejection, the offense also stepped up in addition to the defense. After that INT, they had consecutive force funds, uh, punts, uh, consecutive Texas touchdowns on the next two drives, um, basically ran out the half, right, where they, they didn't have um, – there was no time for, for Tech to, 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 to do anything. Um, I think they had three plays or two plays. And then they come back out make a, a fourth down stand on the opening drive when Tech gets the ball back. And that's where Gerald talked about that fourth and two wildcat. You could have really ratcheted it up. You're up 10 points. You got overshone back. You just made a fourth down stand. They've been going for it on fourth. You think you can change the narrative of the game. Uh, and then that, that fourth and two wildcat was, was was pretty tough. I mean, they ultimately on the next drive, even with field position, the defense stepped up and held them to a field goal. Bijan got the 40-yard touchdown on the next drive. So I'm like, okay. Maybe, just maybe, but it felt like they really exerted. And after that 40-yard touchdown, something they didn't have, even the offense, uh, didn't have that spark left. Um, you know, and, and <laughs> was it the turning point in the game? Was it one of? Absolutely. I mean, it just, it just feels like um, the offense, when, when Worthy's out, a time when Whittington gets banged up and, and maybe Sanders is, is, is out for a few plays because he gets nicked on special teams, you don't always know who the guys are, and you're on your backup quarterback. But at that point, I, I think you lean on Bijan in the passing game, or you, you know, I loved Rojan's chip and 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 go, which was a, a great play. Um, like I, I just, you know, I, I I wonder what could have happened had we just tried one wrinkle or two, or gone back to the diamond formation that worked so beautifully on the first set. Um, got Keelan involved again later. You know, it just it, it's I don't know. Like it, it felt like. We were dealing with injuries. We turtled down a bit, and and we just we, we couldn't uh, we couldn't do what we needed when some things that we we drew up didn't go the way we thought they would. The worthy injury, the shutting down the the, the Bijan runs in the middle for the most part, uh, and the Wildcat not working right. Got to have those extra counter punches. Again, we'll we'll see what Texas can do this week. West Virginia is going to pull out all the stops there uh, in a in a need to stop the bleeding mode in, in a lot of ways, and so uh, it's going to be a test for Sark. And I think West Virginia is the t- kind of team that can cause disruptions and another team that they've got an incredible set of pass rushers so this offense is going to be put to the test again this weekend against the Mountaineers so switching over to the defense um, it's it's hard to talk about the defensive performance because again this is such an outlier and such an anomaly and you can't really have the defensive conversation without talking about the offense and their inability to uh, execute on the little things but when push comes to shove Texas Tech played 54% of its plays mm-hmm. on Texas's side of the field right that is a massive massive field position advantage Donovan Smith looked like an all world Heisman world beater kind of quarterback shock shock of the world that Texas made a uh, <laughs> a quarterback that threw five interceptions in the previous two games looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate. 38 of 56 for 331, add-on 15 rushes for 42 yards and three touchdowns overall. Started the game 16 of 17. His final six attempts uh, were completion completed for 59 yards and a score. Like Donovan Smith had himself a game and... Part of it is just Donovan Smith rising to the challenge, and part of it is the Texas defense, I think, not challenging him in the right ways. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, no one saw this coming, right? He, he had a QBR of 75.5. It was it was solid, if, if not remarkable, from, a uh, again, a model standpoint. Uh, Hudson Card actually had a higher QBR. Again, take that for what you will. Um, but his QBR versus NC State was a 25. His QBR versus Houston was a 29.4. Those are like abysmal. Yeah, it's it's hard to to do that. Those are those are abhorrently bad. Those are like very 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 bad uh, QBR ratings. So um, 
to to more than double that like good on you like incredible step up from the kid again they they simplified a lot of things and, they, and it's you think oh texas has the athletes that uh, an offensive coordinator shouldn't be able to do that and if i'm an offensive coordinator in the big 12 i do it every week like make them prove they can stop the simple stuff like simplify it like that's worked it's it, alabama did it in the fourth quarter uh utsa did it for the first three quarters uh and and tech did it for all four quarters right so you just simplify the game 26 for 33 over the middle 219 yards basically just worked that kind of six to 12 yard middle um 17 of, of his 21 like both where he was really deadly and accurate uh 17 to 21 under five yards was either over the middle medium or or you know either middle or or outside short um under five yards to, to five to seven yards like that's he just that sounds familiar. That's what Frank Harris did, right? Like, um, I bet somewhere around 40 of his passes were, were, were under 11 yards, right? Like 1 to 10 yards uh, from line of scrimmage is, is, is uh, a dot, or I guess that's for receivers. Average depth of target is, is uh, whatever the quarterback a dot uh, average depth of throw is. Um, surely is um, it, wasn't, it wasn't beating you home run. I mean, they had... Uh, a guy. Nine percent is the number of passes uh, attempted longer than twenty yards. Nine. All right, there you go. Um, so it wasn't that right. And although you know both of his his big uh, chunks worked out, right? They got a pass interference to convert it to third and twenty six, and uh, on a free play. And again, that's when he sh- he should do it on a free play when Texas jumped off sides. They completed their longest pass of the day on a jump ball where Jameer Johnson just didn't look back in time. Um, so yeah, I mean, fling it up. Why not? But on plays that counted. You know, they, they just did what they did, right? They took little tiny chunks. And credit to Donovan Smith, the Texas has to do something different, right? Like that quarterbacks are too good in this game and in this league. You don't win the Big 12 by giving up six-yard passes repeatedly. Like this is, you know, this as much as we talk about the conference has ebbed and flowed and the running games have been stronger and this and that, this is still the Mike Mike Leach mesh, you know, uh, glory days, right? Like just run a bunch of receivers short, uh, complete the easy ones. That's how you use a quarterback who is less arm talent than others. Don't have to make NFL throws. Just get it to the receiver, get five of them out there and uh, and make it work. And, and, and there was an interesting quote from Sark on this one. Um, I don't know if it makes me hopeful. I, I hope, I hope it makes me hopeful. He said we weren't in sync enough with our pressure package and our coverage. We've got to get those two things in sync. We've got to trust our ability to cover people in tight coverage. Right? The trust there is a really interesting word. It felt like they didn't switch, maybe because they were worried about the single coverage, as you saw on those free plays. Uh, Gilbo and Jameer Johnson, the two young guys outside. Um, both got beat. Right? Like uh, maybe it's that trust. Maybe that's why they don't feel they can do that um i don't know it just it the pro football focus said they got 44 pressures on 58 dropbacks which is great but when the quarterback is getting out of his hand within five yards you're not gonna get many sacks when he's a mobile quarterback and you have to keep an eye on him you're not gonna get a lot right you have to you have to get some tight coverage so you can make him force some things yeah and i think you're you're spot on you know when you look at the 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 past defense tendencies for uh, the two teams. Texas was in like zone coverage forty seven percent of the time, and when you compare their like success versus man and zone, it's it's pretty stark. You know, uh, Texas Tech dropped back twenty two times against man coverage, twenty four times against zone coverage, and so the difference in yards per completion. I want you to I want you to take a guess, Kyle. Uh, the how. The yards per completion versus man versus 
against the yards of completion versus zone coverage? Like, what, what's your guess? Man, that I'm thinking about that second quarter when we went man and brought pressure. So I bet it's. I mean, I bet it's somewhere like six and a half, seven against zone, and like three against man. Maybe not that low, but three against man. Not quite that low. Seven point six yards per completion versus man. Thirteen and a half yards per completion versus zone coverage. Wow, I went I went low on both of them. Yeah, that's wow. Was the defense was at its best when they were pressuring the quarterback and forcing the receivers to beat them athlete to athlete one on one, and you can see it, it bears itself out right there. It's literally double the yards per completion against zone than against man. Yeah, there's a chunk play in there, but. That to me, like the numbers bear itself out. Like the defense in this game was better in zone. Like the completion percentage was higher. They completed, you know, 30% more of their passes against man coverage, but half of the yardage, and I'll take half the yardage 10 times. Complete all you want. I'll take half the yardage 10 times out of 10. Like to me, that that is that is screaming in my face. Like Texas has the athletes to play man coverage, especially when they've, when, teams have now seen two weeks in a row Texas is really susceptible against those intermediate passes that underneath the quick slant the the middle of the field wide stinking open right between the safeties in the the gaps in the zone you're able to find those pretty pretty seamlessly and that's how Tech was able to go down and score late in the game was finding that that gap the gap between the first level and the second level of zone coverage Texas Donovan Smith threaded the needle put the ball right on the money and went for multiple touchdowns yeah and and you know when i go back to the word trust right i think about the fact that you had guys like ryan watts playing 100 plays 99 plays jaron thompson 102 plays um jalen ford 81 anthony cook 86 um jody baron 79 but still i mean like that's that's a lot and so yeah did that defense wear down sure in the fourth quarter yeah sure they did uh did they did they wear down you know in overtime where they it was a non-factor i mean after the fumble sure the momentum was already tough but uh yeah of course they did but playing that much you wonder if the trust is there for the other guys right is the trust there that they they have the athletes that you know jeremy johnson can play more than 26 he played a lot when he was forced into it with the jameson injury against alabama um Jalen Gilbo, 28, right? Like, you look at some of those guys, Maurice Blackwell, 9. Like, these are guys you'd love to get uh, a few more. Like, you know, this was not a three-linebacker game, so, so Tucker Dorsey didn't factor uh, a lot. They really went benda in, in the space of Overshone while he was out. Um, but, yeah, you just – I don't know. You kind of wonder, like, would a fresh leg in there uh, in the secondary do something? I mean, I obviously – that no legs worked to to via the scheme get there uh in pressure but um yeah i mean it just again it comes down to does pk or sark or whoever ultimately has the the uh the say on that do, do they trust man coverage do they trust multiple guys out there beyond the one deep right it's it's a lot of questions that will probably get answered over the next couple of weeks uh, hopefully not because of more injuries force guys in there, but just because, you know, we'll see. It might be that there's still a lot of the same team that gave games away last year. A lot of the roster is back, um, and they're still having a culture change. It's still happening. They're still bringing in new talent. That's still happening. Um, so they're a young team, and we know that. Like I, I, I don't know. I just I, I wonder where the ceiling on this defense is and and you know it's complimentary like we talk about everything in football 
the defensive backs are better when when you get a little extra time so the defensive line can get home right defensive line's better when the the backs can press and and create an extra second the linebackers soaking things up um but but not as good when they're chasing you know full speed across on on drag routes you know against each other in a mesh type situation so i mean it's Texas has some things they want to do with this defense, but any good offensive coordinator worth their salt is going to try to take that away and, and do the easy stuff and just say, can you beat us if we just simplify it? And before we before we put too big of a, a, a button on this and, and close it out, um, I want to discuss you with one last stat, Kyle. We talked about the postgame win expectancy uh, for Texas Tech being 2%. Um, the adjusted scoring margin, if, if things shook out normally – Minus 16 points wow. for Texas Tech if things shake out normally. But they didn't. Joey McGuire did the dang thing. Yeah. Donovan Smith did the dang thing. They went out and played winning football, and they got the W, and, and you can't take that away from them. I mean, 100 plays and zero turnovers versus Texas running 60 and having two. Like, the stats just don't bear that out. Texas has been one of the best ball-protecting teams. In the year, Bijan Robinson never fumbles. Um, and Tech was a turnover machine. So just the, the likelihood that the script that ended up playing out could have played out based on all the data points we had. Like, I'm not a statistical model, and I am broken uh, trying to <laughs> comprehend it. Um, but I get why computers are, are freaking out over this. I will just say, look, one last thing on the defense. They, they did do some good things. I talked about after the card uh, interception, consecutive uh, consecutive uh, uh, punts force. Come back after the half, after they had a rough first half, fourth down stand. They get a stop finally on fourth down. Like, that's big. Uh, later, the next, the only other fourth, uh, fourth down stand they had was on the goal line. They had a goal line stand, fourth down attempt. Great, get the ball back. Less than a minute later, Texas has punted it out to the 30 because they're punting. You know, Trejo is literally almost did the, the Dolphins thing where he hit his own guy in the in the keister um, because they're punting so far back because the offense did literally nothing. They didn't hold the ball for even a minute, and they didn't. I mean, of course, 30 yards, Tech is in a great position to score immediately. They could have kicked a field goal from there, but obviously they scored a touchdown, and that was the, the game-tying touchdown, right? Um they held Tech to a field goal at the end that, you know, gave Texas a chance. So that's something. But it just felt like a lot of times the defense, when they did step up, even though they weren't great, that old creeping thing that we talked about previously of complimentary football, the offense wasn't able to help them out, right? And so it's both sides of the ball for me. It's both sides have to step up. I will I will talk about one last thing here because I talked about it in the preview just saying I, I'm not sure. I, just a stat. I was curious. I'm not sure what time of possession will will factor in. Obviously, Gerald hit it earlier. Um, it it factored. It was the factor of this game. 35 minutes to 24 in the fourth quarter. 11-16 for Tech. Three minutes 44 seconds for the Texas Longhorns. Basically, the, the last drive of the uh, of the third quarter, and then all the times they had the ball in the fourth quarter was basically like four and a half minutes. So, um, could have done a lot. Uh, more for their defense if they if they could have done a little bit there uh, a little would have I think gone a long way it would have and could have gone a long way and hopefully it will go a long way this week the Longhorns are back in action this weekend against the 
West Virginia Mountaineers. Before we go, though, we are still tied. Dead even 4-4 four to four with our Podstradamus predictions. Kyle and I popped our only Podstradamus win for this week on the same play. He had Xavier Worthy gets a touchdown. Texas got its second explosive play on that touchdown. Kyle missed on three sacks. He missed by one. There wasn't a questionable call for me to gift him a uh, win. And I kept hoping and praying, Kyle, that that non-offensive touchdown would come in the fourth quarter. But it did not happen. So, again, Texas will be back on Saturday for West Virginia. We'll be back in your podcast feed on Saturday following the game. We'll be live streaming and we'll obviously be there for the full game recap next Tuesday. So now's the part of the show where we give some shine to all the other stuff going on on campus and we down the 40. And the team that really saved the week for you and I, Kyle, specifically, is the the, the volleyball team. The king stays the king or, you know, queen stays the queen, however you want to say it. But <laughs> number one volleyball after falling behind two sets to nothing on Wednesday, Rallies back, pulls off the reverse sweep against Kansas to win 3-2. to two. Uh, Just an incredible, incredible night from Logan Eggleston to really... Uh, she and Madison Skinner kind of put the team on their back and dragged them to a victory. And then to really salvage our Saturday, uh, Texas decided to sweep OU, which always feels good to sweep the Red River rival on your home court, man. It, it was a, uh, a good week, a dramatic week, but a good week for the volleyball team nonetheless. Yeah, and we recorded Wednesday, so it was late. Uh, this game was still going, and they were already down... Two, two sets by the time we finished. And so I, I watched Texas come back against Kansas um, in bed on my phone, streamed it until they just shut it down and go to bed happy. Uh, I did also, after not being particularly happy watching football all day, uh, was turned off the the, the Aggie-Arkansas uh, game and, and on the, uh, the volleyball game to see some OU domination. And Asia O'Neill really was a monster in this one. It just felt like... Uh, whenever Sage KT would set her up, like it just was a guaranteed point. Like at one point, she was almost eight hundred percent what she was hitting. She just was 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 great. Eggleston had a um, a tough day hitting, but actually had a couple aces, so she's one away from the all time school record there. I mean, she really can do it all, but it just shows the depth, right? Eggleston struggled in this one, and Texas still swept. Other people stepped up, whether it was Skinner, whether it was O'Neill, whether it was their uh, their other big uh, center block uh, transfer. I mean, they 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 basically just have an embarrassment of, of riches and, and it seems like someone will step up almost any match. Sometimes it takes a couple sets to get it, but uh, yeah, this is a team that I like a little adversity and, and keep the number one next to your name. Again, I'd rather them be tested and win than tested and lose, so always feels good to come out. Next up for Texas, they've got to take that terrible road trip out to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech, who would love nothing more than to continue to ruin my life. Number 25, soccer had a successful week of their own, uh, pulled off the 1-1 tie with number 12 TCU, thanks to Holly Ward's uh, min- uh, goal in the 43rd minute of the game. Texas actually led for a big chunk of this, but Cameron Lancaster put one through in the 70th, 71st minute on a penalty kick. Uh, and then on Sunday, shut out Texas Tech, 2-0 Trinity Byers with the brace, minute 4 and 55 for her goals on that one. Yeah, I, I was actually impressed with uh, Texas's fight in in both of these. Uh, obviously, against a really good TCU team, and then you lose, you know, the best player in, in the conference, maybe the country right now. Unless Lexi Missimo, we don't know an exact timetable. She was in the Tech game with a boot on uh, for an ankle injury, but she leads the country with chances created, twenty eight. Uh, next up is twenty one, and key passes at eighteen. Next up is eleven. So just that's the whole country. She's 
head and shoulders above uh, everyone. And then Savannah Madden was really good four saves um, in in the first game and and actually four saves in both both these matches, uh, including the clean sheet against Tech. So. Um, Will be tough. We'll see how Texas steps up. Uh, as long as Missimo is out, where are they going to get that creative spark? Because the offense flows through here. But you do know you got Trinity Byers. Just get her the dang ball, and she'll put it. It's good to have somebody who can like carry the offense when when she's out. And we hope that uh, Lexi is back. Seven, Texas is seven one and three on the season, extending their unbeaten streak to nine games. They'll put that up to the test against Baylor on Friday at, in Austin. Softball. Fall ball is a um, a murderer's row for those coming into Austin. Really, they're just lining up to get murdered. But uh, Texas opened up soft fall ball with a twenty-two to nothing, twelve inning win over McLennan College, an absolute just bloodbath at uh, at McCombs Field. Yeah, there's some new faces. Uh, certainly, there's some familiar faces who are stepping into bigger roles. So it'll be very curious, right? This remember. No one really predicted Texas at any point, but even even in, in postseason to make the run to the championship game. But all of those players who were there last year are saying, we can do that again. We have uh, we have heart, we have fight, and they got to start it off. And 22 to nothing is, is pretty good. I'll say that's that's a good way to start. Um, they they uh, certainly were, were the more talented team, and they went out and just did their thing. Men's and women's cross country are both in action this weekend. The ladies on Friday at the Dellinger Invite in Eugene. The fellas on Saturday in Stillwater at the Cowboy Jamboree. Uh, Beth Ramos led the women to a personal record n- with a personal record number nine finish in the 6K, while on the men's side, Half Unite led Texas, uh, finishing 24th overall in the 9. Okay, on the uh, hard surface, the men's tennis team won two titles at the Commodore Invitation this weekend, while women's tennis's uh, Marley Marley Zine and Malika Malikia Rapalu uh, advanced to the singles final at the ITA Texas Regionals with Rapalu taking the title. I'm loving the strong starts for the uh, the, the spring finishers, right? The the softball, the tennis, uh, the golf. Let's uh, just just start strong and and carry it through, right? What's what starts here? lays the foundation for your season. So good on you, men's and women's tennis. What starts here sets up your Director's Cup run. But that now brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? I'm just going to keep this one short. Um, I don't want to really dive into it too much. Uh, I'll just say there are people in charge of cultures, right? I really like Steve Sarkeesian. I like the culture he's building at Texas. I do hope it becomes a culture of winning, but I think he's a great human, a great person. He cares about his players. He cares about the right thing. Um, you could tell he was frustrated with the game. You could tell he's frustrated with what happened after. Um, and, and someone asked him about, you know, the pushing. And I said, I w- he said, I wouldn't call it that. That someone, you know, or running into said someone pushed our player to the ground right and there was two of those from the texas tech fans afterwards and i think that's the difference in culture um you know kirby hoka and it's not mcguire's fault he just got there but you know with their basketball team with with you know with, with everyone the, the, there is something when you are in charge of a culture when people respond to you when you have a you are tasked with creating a culture if you are the type of person who foments anger and rage and hatred, and I won't make this into a bigger political thing, when a figure at the top fails to 
curb just outright anger, rage, and they actually tap into that for retweets and their brand as Texas Tech sports seems to be very comfortable doing after their president immediately issued a statement saying he saw no problem with what his fans did you know great job both in the stands and on the field um it's 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 troubling and it's problematic and and the fact that you know people are getting jumped outside of a college sports game because of the colors you wear like that's utterly ridiculous like it's dangerous it's it's not okay i think the big 12 should have made a game with no no fans in the stands like send a real message like don't someone has to do something uh, if if tech's gonna lean in and just allow this like hey it's cool it's college part of what makes college sports fun is you win you run in the game you go crazy you 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 hate another team and you want to beat them but there is a line and it feels like that line has been erased and people are just angry there's just hate so i i my, my call to action is from anyone with any authority and power at texas tech step up and have some class and, and ask your fans to follow. You know, I think there's a long conversation about like the passion, the fire, the, the environments is what makes college football what it is. Like there's no two ways around that. Like crazy fans tailgating, doing all of that is, is part of what makes college football college football. I think, um, and this kind of dovetails into my banging the drum as well. I'm banging the drum this week on, there's a specific responsibility for like I, there are a lot of people advocating for like banning rushing the field and all of that and you're not going to hear me say that I think rushing the field is one of the coolest things that happens in college athletics like it, it is a sport that is more more so than any other predicated and and built on fan engagement fan interaction you wear your school on your chest whether you went to the school or whether you just grew up a fan or whatever it might be but like you bleed that like you live and bleed that but in so getting the students involved getting the students on the field i always think it's great texas does it after home basketball games brings the brings the fans on the court because they want to create an environment they want to i love that but when that becomes part of what you do, the onus is on the host, whether it's Texas Tech for the last two, you know, the last two times that it happens or Texas when they bring the players on the court post basketball game. Like the onus is on the school to create the, the mechanisms to protect the athletes on both teams. Right. Because that is a recipe for disaster. You and I were well, I was in college. You were on your way to college when the malice at the palace happened. And I'm not saying that what happened on Saturday was anywhere close to the malice at the palace. Right. But like all it takes is one little thing for that to spark into something terrible, right? And again, the only reason why it didn't happen on Saturdays because that it just had we were all lucky enough that it was Ovio Gufo that was the one that got pushed, right? It was that to me is like the saving grace, the miracle of all miracles that this did not get nasty was because Ovio Gufo is a fifth year senior graduate transfer, right? Like that, the one of the most mature, one of the most level headed guys on the team, if that was a freshman. If, if you push a kid with a little chip on his shoulder, one of those apartment kids we talk about every now and again, like this could go sideways really fast. And so in my mind, like, again, the onus is on the host school. And I'm not just calling out text to any school, right? If you are going to allow your fans, if you're going to, and like 50K 
is is a drop in the bucket for a lot of these big programs, right? If tech, if like Chris Del Conte spends more on toilet paper for the athletic department in a month than a fifty thousand dollar fine, right? So like there there is some value into that to creating fan buy and to creating environment. There's some value in saying, you know what, it's frowned upon, but we're gonna cut that check straight cash, homie, and we're gonna just go with it, right? Um, but as a school, if you're going to do that, you've got to create a way for it to happen safely. Yeah, I think the fact that Ogufu showed the class that he did and the other Texas player who got hit from behind into a, a young female student um, and immediately he apologized to her. She came out to his defense after Tech fans tried to spin it uh, as, as whataboutism and, and, you know, there's bad people on both sides. Um, he immediately, even though he got pushed from behind into the student, apologized to her. She came out to her credit and, and admitted and told people to stop lying, basically. Um, it, but just it shows a level of class. Again, I want Sark to have a 10-win culture. I, that is needed. It has to happen. But it feels like he's already built a culture of class and respect. So I, in my brain, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe this isn't a jump, but you build that, you build the character, the people, the humans... Now you just got to do the easy part, play winning football, right? Like, you know, it feels like that leap should 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 come again. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but it seems like they have uh, they have instilled and focused on some some culture and some value. Um, but I'll leave it at that. Don't didn't want to get too deep, and I went further than I wanted to in this one, anyways. But uh, ready to move on. And that's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can good folks find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carp. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. Hook em.